Hello and welcome to the XFL St. Louis Fan Podcast, episode number four, A New Hope. <laughs> okay, nerd. All right, well, I put uh, gave us some homework. Um, I guess I texted you a couple days ago and said we need to watch the 30 for 30. This was the XFL. So did you watch it, Jerry? I did. I rewatched it because I've seen it before. All right, so this was the first time I saw it, but you actually, this is your second time seeing it. Yes. So you should be the expert here. <laughs> yes. But I thought that'd be a good uh, podcast episode is talking about uh, that documentary because really, I'm sure there's a lot going on in the league right now. It's just there's nothing like publicly going on, at least not a lot going on. Aren't we waiting for like something? I feel like there's something that we're waiting on. I'm not like, quite, I'm not sure though. I mean, like team names. Yeah, that's a big one. Oh yeah, that's right. The two names. <laughs> the team names. Uh, no player signing. Yeah, no one's been rule book. No one's been bringing that up. I'm surprised. No one's I, been. I talking. think that's all anyone's been talking about. <laughs> hence, hence the sarcasm. Gotcha. I didn't catch your sarcasm. I was laying it on pretty thick. Not thick enough. Okay. All right. Well, so you did watch it. What was your kind of what's your initial impressions of the uh, this was the XFL? It wasn't um, the whole thing didn't seem very planned. I feel like they didn't put a lot of thought into it <laughs> into the whole league. Yeah, he, it, just, it they, was. I don't know who. It who? was very rushed. And I guess those who don't know, I guess there was a documentary, Thirty for Thirty, ESPN. Uh, they made was it about two three years ago. This was before yeah. the new uh, XFL came out. They did a documentary kind of going through the initial process of getting the league started and what happened once they got it started and just kind of told that story. So I thought that was interesting what they talked about there. But, yeah, they were not. Yeah, it was very rushed. It seemed like people at the top don't know what they're doing. Like you think like all these uh, big execs are like got these big elaborate plans. I feel like they're just winging it like anybody else. It's, it's started with an idea and then they just, yeah, we'll We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. But how are we going to do this? I don't know. We'll they, figure it out. Yeah. They definitely tried a lot of things. Oh, yeah. And some things worked and some things not so much. Right. I mean, there's still a lot of things like today that they use in the NFL that were kind of innovative at the time. Oh, the sky cam. That's, yeah. I think the, the infamous and one. And just like the access you have to the players. Like that wasn't really a thing back then. So it's like. There's cameras on the field and they're getting to know the players and all that stuff. Like that's like commonplace now, but that wasn't the case before that. I th I think you got to put yourself in that mindset because man, that was 2001. Was yeah. that when the season actually took place? So that's yep. like a long time ago. Uh huh. Like in like you said, if you don't really think about it, like how football was back then. If you think about now, it's like oh yeah, there's access. It's not much different than now, but almost 20 years ago, it was. Way, it was way different at least from what i can remember yeah what did the league do right and what did the league do wrong so like i was trying to list out like what kind of things um like would you change what kind of things would you keep the same like we talked about the one thing that uh they did right with like the the access to the players and the sky cam and things like that but there's a lot of things since it was rushed that they did wrong like the one thing they talked about in the documentary was like the ball they wanted this cool ball that was black with red but with that black, it became really slippery. Right. And so they were like sanding the balls. <laughs> and it was like a not a very 
Was like, it the color or is it just the, the type? I think it's something with the color and the material, like just making that color made it slippery for some reason. Mm. And it was just, they actually showed the games where there were just fumbles all over the place. The quarterbacks were like throwing, it was just slipping out of their hands. And I think the, the uh, league president at the time actually, like in his own shower, just took a ball, like sanded it down and like was able to hold it in the shower. He's like, okay, this works. Like that's the level they were working at there. Yeah, it seems like a lot of it was it was a league created by someone who or a, a group of people i don't want to pin it on one person uh that didn't know football they knew entertainment first but yeah. not football first mm-hmm. there's an entertainment first league to put competition on the nfl yeah and i don't know if it came out of uh, just in spite of the NFL, or if Vince and Dick oh, Ebersol, Vince like went at the NFL right, right away. Oh, there like was a no, lot of digs. Yeah, he was digging at it like he was trying to be competitive. Like it seemed like this time he's not doing that. Like it seemed like he's trying to work with them, or just maybe not work against them, but not working with them either. But but I did notice that the points, the digs he made at the NFL, are what people are saying today about the NFL. Oh, the culture has changed. Like the no fun league. Yeah. And they're soft, which there's reasons for that. There's reasons why the NFL is like that today. Yeah. But it's funny watching that documentary now and those digs that Vince made in that press conference or multiple press conferences about the NFL is kind of like the chatter that you hear, that people hear on like social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's correct, but it's just, it was just an observation. Yeah, it goes to show like how much different our culture is now than it was 20 years ago right like it the idea was back then like concussion like that concussion movie hadn't come out yet like everyone just wants extreme and tough and everything's ba you know but now today like we're more conscious of like hey like the player safety is important like this over-the-top extreme stuff it seems kind of lame now right like it's just it's kind of weird how like culture kind of goes through these phases like maybe that extreme stuff will be like like popular again in fashion oh, yeah it, yeah it'll be it'll come in way it's kind of it's kind of cool how that or need to see that so the xfl is like in a very different place launching this time versus launching the thing this time right yep yes yeah, so i guess they're kind of attacking the nfl from a different angle before they're like you guys aren't um extreme enough you guys are like the no fun league you guys aren't um like smash mouth football now it's like well we want to try to make some rules that are safer you know Right. But when you do say that, yes, it was, uh, in terms of marketing, it was more acceptable, um, for that, for the, uh, extreme point of view, but the documentary show that, I mean, it, we're, we're going, when we watch the documentary, it's just a couple people commenting. I, yeah. I was, I mean, I don't remember the talk of people who actually watched it, but the, but the, uh, I mean, I know it was, um, Bob Costas was the big one. Yeah. He just hated it. Uh-huh. Uh, but pretty much everybody they interviewed just kind of mocked Vince, <laughs> mocked the the gratuitous cheerleader shots and yeah. how they tried to introduce the reality show, which mm-hmm. was, I think, huge in 2001. That was like yeah, so like, what, Yeah, that's, like, that's all that stuff. The, so it was almost, it was either the birth of that era or it was right before it. But you could tell, like, 
like I said, at least the people commenting now in retrospect, they said even back then that didn't really fly. Like the cheerleader shots didn't really fly. Yeah. Cause it was gratuitous and objectified. And, yeah. Um, that, that would definitely not fly. No, in this, no. In this, like again, see how the culture has changed. Right. That would definitely not fly today. Right. Yeah. I guess they had like storylines uh, like WWE style. Right. Oh yeah. And a lot of that well, stuff, which seemed like they're some like half made up, half fake, half real. If, if you got it, if you look at Vince's background, this is what Vince did to wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling was just, uh, and he was re- trying to do the same thing to football. Regional and people just showed up to watch people wrestle. Yeah. But Vince came in. Well, it, well he didn't come in. It was his family. But it when, it, when it was handed to Vince, he turned it into sports entertainment. Yeah. And it took a long, it took a while. It wasn't right away. But when wrestling was at its popularity, it, it's, it, they injected the, the attitude and with the attitude, like the extreme part. And then once that pretty much made wrestling like the hottest thing at that time, and then once that died down a little bit, that's when they started introducing the the reality show part of it, like relationships and almost like soap opera yeah. into the wrestling. So if you'd watch, you know, Monday Night Raw, half of it, besides commercials, half of it would be just scripted storylines, mm-hmm. bad acting and bad <laughs> acting and all. So you could definitely see that that's kind of what... Yeah, and people like that stuff, though. Yeah. You know, like people do, like they... Like they want that behind the scenes, um, like storyline stuff, even like in the NFL today, like you get the mic'd up stuff, like people love those segments. Totally. You know, so maybe it's, it's not as like, they don't make it up the same way they do it like in WWE, but there's still that aspect of it still alive. I think people like it so when maybe, it's natural. Yeah, though. it's much not, more natural. You, you mean you can tell. So I feel like they found the balance. Like XFL was a very bold project. That, that was kind of one of my impressions of watching the documentary. Like it was very bold and I feel like they, they pushed too far and they, and the NFL kind of took the things that were right about it and kind of reined it in a little bit and used it to kind of increase their brand and make their product better. Right. So maybe just XFL just, it overstepped. It went, went too far. And Vince McMahon's, I guess, he's that kind of guy that will overstep and just put everything to the max, everything full speed ahead. And I think this time they're not going <laughs> to go full speed and they're going to uh, rein it back a little well, bit. Well, even, even wrestling within the last... I mean, I haven't watched it recently, but you could tell it's from what I've seen. It's very, it's different. It's very mm. scripted. Not so much, not so much extreme and yeah. The 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 you know the reality aspect's still there, but not the 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 ext- you know the extreme the extremism has yeah. been pulled back definitely because of all the uh, the blowback from the. CTE stuff and concussions yeah. and stuff like that. I think Vince McMahon is very in tune with that stuff. Like he knows what's pushing the culture at the current time. And so he'll change things and change narratives and change uh, the way he presents things based on where the culture is at the time. So the way the culture was in 2001 is much different than the way the culture is now. Totally. And he's tapped into that. And I guess as he's launching this XFL, he's launching it reflecting what football fans want. So I think he'll, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic on this league, and I think it'll do well. Um, I guess a couple – I was going through this list of things that they did wrong, like the coin flip at the beginning 
Like I had to run, yeah, and get the ball. Like well, I, I mean, it's a great idea. It's cool, and like, and I guess they showed like the very first time they did, like people were psyched about it. Yeah, it, like, it, it was it, a great. It, I think. I mean, if you, if you take all aspects of player safety out of it, it's actually a really good <laughs> yeah. way to start a game. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a like something you, great you'd see on a video game. Yeah, like oh, this is cool, cool way to start a game. But in this era, it's not going to work. With the safety concerns and all that, like just just flip the coin, it's fine. Um, yeah, I guess one of the mistakes they made was that since it was so, the the league came into um, came into existence so fast, they didn't have a lot of time to practice. Like they got the teams together, and it was like a few weeks, and you're playing, and so the football itself just wasn't that good. And they see, hear them saying that over and over, good crisp football. Uh, they keep saying that they're actually focused on, like, we need to get good players. Uh, these coaches are in place way ahead of time. They're going to draft way ahead of time, and by the time February comes around, they're going to be these teams are going to be ready to go. It seemed like the, um, the first XFL in 2001 was not that way. It was all very rushed. But it was great football whenever it didn't need to be. On that second game when they were going straight into Saturday Night, Saturday Night yeah. Live. And actually had a good game. And they had a great game. It went back and forth and went into overtime. And then a pushback Saturday Night Live and Lauren Michaels was pissed because of the uh, the generator that they didn't put gas in. <laughs> they put gas in a generator? That's ridiculous. And there also was the uh, the injury that took like 15 minutes. Then they went like a double overtime. So the game went really late. And there was execs in NBC. I guess you didn't see it. The people, the, uh, people at the game just thought, oh, this is a great game. But um, behind the scenes, there's execs like yelling at each other, getting upset. That um, like your game's going too long. J Lo's sitting here waiting. Someone to definitely lost their job, probably. if not more yeah. than one person. Who didn't put the gas in the generator? Idiots. <laughs> Talk about the blimp. <laughs> How it crashed. I guess that was almost like symbolic. Yeah, of even the XFL. Even Vince mentioned that. Yeah. That's pretty. Uh, I guess they were trying to troll the NFL with that too. It ends up crashing on them. Did they say what happened? Not really. It just that it crashed. That's all we know. Into a seafood restaurant. <laughs> Was that during an NFL game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh. I think that was the idea. I didn't realize Jesse Ventura was the sitting governor at the time. I didn't either. I, I thought I'm, it was like after, like he had just gotten finished being governor, but no, he was governor at the time. Yeah, I remember he was a part of it. I guess ridiculous. A sitting governor. <laughs> it was the lead announcer, the color commentator for the XFL in 2001. What a different time that was. Totally. I thought it was interesting. The They said the guys that were playing that were in camp, they weren't getting paid at that point. Man. I think that says something well, about like these guys, like there's a group of guys that are, aren't quite talented enough to get in the NFL that are just hungry and they want to be stars or they want to be professional football players and they'll put up with a lot in order to be um yeah to be a part of a professional team yeah especially i mean that they were playing for the name they were playing for yeah. vince they were playing for what he thought what they thought he could bring you know to a to a football league we'll say that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could tell like the actual players like they were totally bought in, like totally into it, you know. 
Like even at the million dollar game where it was kind of obvious that this isn't going to happen again. Like they were, they were sold that, yeah, we're going to keep going another year. Like they were all about it all in. That's just like their heart was in it. And so I, I think that shows something that there's, there's potential there. And I guess I think Vince McMahon saw that and he still sees it today. Like there's a lot of guys out there that want to play in this league. Well, yeah. Cause if anything, like NFL doesn't have a minor league. No. And so if you don't make a practice squad or you don't make the cut, it's like, you're kind of done. Like yeah. there goes all your, all your dreams are done at that point. Like this is kind of a second chance for all of them. Right. That's how the AAF was too. Yeah. So they these players like welcome these opportunities. I think it's good for them. Like they seem like baseball players like have more opportunities with the double A, triple A. Yeah, but once yeah, yeah. I mean you can get sent down, but once you've already played yeah, I mean we're talking about different types of players. Yeah. But yeah, the ones who haven't made it yet. Mm-hmm. Like NFL, it's like you get your one shot you get cut from a practice squad, there's going to be a whole new set of guys next year that it's not very likely that you're going to get a second shot. Right. And this is their second chance now. So that'd be cool to see. There'll be a lot of good storylines based on that, I think. It would be nice if they got some names that, you know, people who have, players who have been cut. Oh, there'll definitely be some, for sure. Well, semi-well-known. In the documentary, they talk about he hate me. <laughs> like he, like that guy got it. He understood like what this league is all about, and he understood Vince McMahon. It was the greatest like line it, ever. Yeah, it's like why, why, <laughs> why he hate me? Cause he hate me. Cause he hate me. When I make a move, I spin past him. He, he hate, hate me. me. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's like, he saw people like getting excited about. It. He's like, oh, I got a ball tonight. Like, and he just like tore it up that first that first game. Like, he understood it, and Vince McMahon was like, we need more guys like this. This is what we want. Like, that was his vision. He wanted these players to do those type of things. Like, he was in, encouraging the players to date the cheerleaders, like, All things right. like that. But, like, he hate me. Like, he understood, like, what Vince McMahon, like, what his vision was. <laughs> and he, he ran with it, literally and figuratively. Do you think they're going to bring back the nicknames? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, it's, it's a different era now. But that, that was entertainment. Right there. I mean, that phrase, he hate me, that kind of like, out of all of, of everything that happened, that's probably the most like infamous, just a name. Because that's, I remember that. And I didn't watch, I think I watched one game, maybe, maybe two games. Yeah, I remember. I, I definitely young. remember yeah. he hate me. Yeah. Oh, everyone knew he hate me. Yeah. And actually, in the, because he was one of the guys they interviewed for the documentary. And he was talking that when he heard that, uh, the league folded. It wasn't going to go to a second season. Like he was disappointed because he, he apparently he had meetings with Vince McMahon that he was going to be like one of their the next. Yeah, like the big star yeah, right. of the XFL. So they were really going to promote him and put him in promos and things like that. So I think you think he'll come back and be part of this league. You would think he would. Like some some kind of like a color commentator, color commentator or, right. or something. You know, or maybe he'll be the guy that goes out there the first game and says, "This is the XFL." <laughs> Actually, they did that in the documentary that every person they interviewed had to say that in their okay. ridiculous Vince McMahon voice. All right, you ready? Let's do it. So I'll go first. You want to do it together? Sure, I'll do it together, like they did in the documentary. Yeah. This, this is the, the XFL. XFL. 
Got to draw out that L at the end. Perfect. They did in the documentary. We're going to do it on the podcast. That was great. That was beautiful. The other thing I put on here was the marketing hype. Like, they knew how to market this. Like, to this day, 20 years later, it lasted one year, and everyone knows what the XFL is. Like, you can't deny their ability to market. Like, it shows Vin, Vince knows sports entertainment, and he knows marketing. Yeah. And he had the dollars for it already. Yeah. He already had the dollars. Yeah, because they haven't run, like, any commercials or anything, but people know, if you say XFL, people know what you're talking about. If you say AAF, Unless you're like really into football, like even like people who are casual football players have no idea what the AAF is. You know, it just doesn't have the brand. Like right. the marketing in the XFL was so good, even though they probably a little bit went over the top with everything. But it, at the end of the day, it worked because people know that brand. And I think they're building upon that brand today. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you think, I, I keep wondering if, let's pretend, the XFL didn't start in 2001, and if he did try to start it today, like he is now, uh huh. Like if if now was the official start instead of 2001, if it would go over as well. I think because of the 2001, like it would not. It's because of 2001 is why it'll work this time. Like if they didn't have that brand to build off of, like it, it'd be they'd have a much steeper hill to climb today. Right. So I think because of the failure of 2001 is what's going to make this successful. And actually like they've they've taken all the things that we kind of listed out that they did wrong. They are fixing all those things and doing everything the opposite of the things they did wrong, keeping the things they did right. And like having that experience is what's going to make them succeed this time. How many generators do you think they're going to have at each game? Extras, lots of extras, two or three or gas. Backups. It wasn't generators, gas. Yeah. Um, just like jugs of gasoline next Better to the generator. Sure they have plenty of gasoline, <laughs> or it's your ass. <laughs> Keep these things filled. Damn it! There you go. He's not going to put up with that this time. See, no. it's the broadcast going to be nice and smooth. Have they announced broadcasters yet? Yeah, they did. They have uh, uh, ABC. Am I out of the loop on that? We talked about it in the other podcast. It's uh, uh, ABC, Fox, and ESPN. No, no, no like broadcasters. Oh, like no, 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 broad- no, okay. no, no. I didn't think so. No, they didn't talk about I didn't about think that. I was that out of the loop. Yeah. No, we don't know that yet. So, man, that could be huge potential for, like, ex-NFL stars and because they're oh, not yeah, playing, yeah. so any anybody of any age could be a broadcaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got lots of options. Like, there's a lot of people at ESPN, a lot of people at Fox that they could pull from. So what, if like, what if Peyton Manning was? I mean, he he's probably still making NFL money. No, nah. that'd be great. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get some good people. I don't know. I don't even know where to even start speculating on that because there's so many options. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else about the documentary you want to talk about? Anything else that came up in there? I mean, it was really interesting. It's really interesting to see the behind the scenes and, like you said, when you when you know a viewer just watches the game. No one sees the behind the scenes and what's really happening and all the all the mess ups and people yelling at each other and so yeah I lo- I loved I love that insight. All right, well, the other thing I want to talk about was um, an article I saw on XFLboard.com, written by Mike Mitchell, uh, the XFL's second chance to make a first impression. I won't go through it too much, but I'm just going to recommend it to anyone listening. And you, Jerry, you said you didn't see this article? I think I didn't read it. I saw, I think I saw the headline. 
Yeah. But it's a good article. I won't go into it too much. It's just kind of the idea of a lot of the same things we've been talking about that this is kind of a reboot league and he kind of goes into that stuff. And like they're getting a second chance to make a first impression, which you don't normally get to do that. Uh, but he's kind of saying that they're going to be kind of on a short leash with the public. So it's like, okay, we're giving you a second chance. But like as soon as like if it if it's as cheesy as the first one, I think it's it's not going to work. Like they got to present like a very serious face, like right out the gate. And I think they've been doing that so far. Like it seems like a very serious league. Yeah, I mean. Like Oliver Luck, like he seems like he's on top of it and like he's a a, a known quantity and a, a name that, okay, this guy knows football. But at the same time, you, they're going to have to find, I don't know if it can just be regular football. Like I feel like they're going to have to do something special to get people to tune in. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it's not going to survive if if there's no viewers, um, at least you know, maybe the first year. But so that's I mean, I guess you, you can. But I don't know what killed the AAF. I don't know if it was viewership money or money. Well, yeah, but viewership equals money sometimes. So, yeah, yeah we don't know if it was bad financials all the way or if it was viewership or a mixture of both. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if any. uh I mean, especially in the day and age where we are now with viral, you know, if they're going to try and, you know, make something mm-hmm. viral. I mean, you can't make anything viral, but make something that could potentially go viral to get people to watch. Yeah, but those are kind of like one-off things. Like, okay, you can go viral this week, but you can't count on that all the time. I think they're counting on just like week in, week out, having good football on TV that people are like, oh, this is a good game. These are talented players. Like, there's cool plays, like, Every game, I mean, nothing over the top, but like you're going to see good football week to week. And I think that's what's going to, you got to keep a core group of people watching. And so, but yeah, that viral stuff will help as well. And like, and like I've talked about it before, they're doing the things with the offense. Like the, like we were talking about, they had the slippery ball in the first XFL. Like they're making the ball even easier to use in this, this time. So you're probably going to see like more spectacular plays because it's just going to be easier to catch and things like that. And then you only need one foot inbound. So you'll see better plays with things like that. So yeah, you'll get highlights and I guess being on ESPN, like you'll get that and you'll see the big highlights that people, that That chime. I really don't know. I think so. I don't watch ESPN. I don't either. I know my app does. (laughs) Yeah. But you you know, they're going to be playing. I guess they got to be promoting it. They're going to have to put, put highlights on there. I think they'll have highlights. Um, the other thing I saw was there's rumors that they're going to release the team name this week, like on Twitter. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to have, it might just be rumors. I'm getting, getting my hopes up. I want to believe it, but there's nothing that indicates that that's actually going to happen today. Oop, today is uh Monday, August 5th. Still no team names. Yeah. They're saying sometimes week, but I don't think that's going to happen. Never know. There probably won't be any, uh, Hints or clues, I think it's just going to say, Lewis, here's your team name. Unless someone's constantly refreshing the uh, um, trademark database, which I'm sure there are people I'm sure there are. Refresh, 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 refresh. You should check it right now. Um, Maybe we can be the breaking one. It'll take me a second to get up. Okay, I got it here. Um, The only thing new since they had the... uh, the couple Seattle names, Seattle Surge, Seattle Dragons, Seattle Fury, Seattle Force, and Seattle Wild. Uh, they've only done one more thing since then, the Pro Football Advisory Board. 
So they've trademarked that, whatever that is, but there's no other team names, no St. Louis, New York, or anything like that. So nothing to indicate that anything's coming anytime soon. We still wait. We're going to be waiting for a while, i got a feeling, even though I don't want to. I'm getting impatient. You and everybody else who's halfway interested in the XFL. Yeah. It'll come in time, though. Uh, the last thing I wanted to go over was, uh, I guess I was talking to Kurt Hunsinger on uh, Twitter. Ooh, he's the you, fancy pants. He's the president of the St. Louis XFL team. Yeah, he wasn't sure how many babies were born in St. Louis every day. It's 89, by the way, I think, according to my math. But he used the hashtag, um, hashtag XFL STL born and raised and used that on two other tweets as well. Uh, here's the quote. Uh, I wonder how much, quote, fun XFL St. Louis will have throughout St. Louis and uh, the surrounding area on, quote, Friday nights this fall. Hmm. End quote. Like that's his, that's his tweet. <laughs> the hashtag XFL St. Louis born and raised. And he's used that another time, too. He said, putting the finishing touches on a new, quote, fun-centric campaign for XFL St. Louis starting soon. The next few weeks will be rocking. So he looks like behind the scenes they're doing stuff. I don't know what they got going, but they're doing something. And he was wondering how many babies are born. I don't know if they're going to give some XFL teddy bear to every new baby born or something, like trying to figure out how much that's going to cost to buy 89 teddy bears a day. I don't know what they're doing. Hmm. But he's used it three times now. So something born and raised. He's got something in the in planning here. I'm curious what kind of thing they'll do. So we're waiting. We're waiting to hear Kurt what you got going. You I'm can call us up. Yeah, call us up. We'll talk about it. Are you gonna announce it on the uh, on the uh, XFL St. Louis Fan Podcast Show right here? Talk to Jerry and Paul, <laughs> two biggest fans. We are STL born and raised. It's true. I was born right here. I mean, I was close enough. We on the Illinois side. Yeah. <laughs> well, you like metro area. Close that enough. Yeah. Yeah. You're St. Louis born and raised. There you go. He's talking about us. I am XFL St. Louis. <laughs> I don't know, but that's all I really got. Do you got anything else, Jerry? I don't think so. All right. We'll wrap this up. Uh, I guess we'll see you next time.